Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. Welcome to Seasoned, everybody. I'm Chef Plum. My co-host Marisol, she's out this week, but no worries. We've got a really, really fun show. As a matter of fact, it's one of the shows I've been looking forward to most at doing. And when we started doing Seasoned, I said we have to 100% do a beer show. I'm a massive beer fan. I, I think our state is becoming a, 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 a beacon for great beer all across the world. So I'm excited today to be doing a beer show. And listen, if you've got a favorite, I want to hear about it. If you've got a favorite brewery, if you've got a favorite winter beer, uh, even a summer beer, I want to hear all about it now. So give us a call, 888-720-9677. The number is 888-720-9677. Or if you're like me and like to have letters mixed in with your numbers, it's 888-720-WNPR. Our phone lines are open, so give us a call. Let's talk beers. Let's talk favorite breweries. Let's talk favorite brewers. Let's talk brewery ingredients. Let's even talk food and beer. I love all of these things together. Later in the show, we're going to have a great guest with us. I'm going to spend some time talking with a pioneer in the Connecticut brewery world. Uh, Elisa Bowens Mercado is the owner of Rhythm Brewing Company in New Haven. And she's going to share a bit of her beer journey in the state with us, as well as uh, her newest beer. And the funny part about that beer is it might be connected to a very special day. But first... Our guest that I'm going to bring on the program right now is a gentleman who has a chemical engineering degree from the University of New Hampshire and started his brewing career by finding a home brewing kit in his closet. Beers like Hog Lager, Ginger Ninja, Hazy Ale, uh, and of course the gold winner at the World Beer Cup, the Granola Brown Ale. Friends, this, is, this guy is an icon when it comes to beer in my mind. Please say hello to one of the owners and the head brewer over at Black Hog Brewing Company, Tyler Jones. Tyler, welcome to Seasoned. Thank you so much. Officially, I go by Lord of the Liquid. Ah, it's kind of my official title. Yes. If you want to go by that, you know. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make that note right now in there. Lord of the <laughs> Liquid. We'll just change that right now. Thank you so much for having me. Oh man, I'm excited to talk to you. Like you and I, listen, we haven't been together in a while. We made clams together a few years back. Oh, man, that was that was some good times. I mean, making some clams. Was, I believe it was swag. You know, was that two, three years ago? We made some swag clams. They were really nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, listen, I mean, beer and food go hand in hand. That's for sure. But you know, I. I think one of the things that I found most interesting when I talk to you about beer is kind of the science behind it, but there's also an art behind it as well. Can you touch on kind of the two and how they cross section together? hundred percent. I mean, like beer is 50% art and 50% science. It's all blended together. Like, I mean, if you like talking about the whole science side of what's going on, I mean, there's biochemistry going on within the mash tun where you have different enzymes working at different temperatures, creating fermentable and unfermentable sugars. You have the alcohol extracting oils out of the hops within dry hopping. I mean, there's a whole bunch of science going on in there. Right. The, the, the art side is kind of the really exciting side of beer where it's like you have to really know what's going on, on the science side to then be able to like, all right, where can I tweak and where can I make this beer better than it was last time and make and a really amazing liquid? You guys have made some pretty amazing beers. And I have a couple here I'm just tasting. And this, listen, I got to tell you what, right now I want everyone to know that I'm going to talk to great brewers. I'm going to have a couple sips of beer. And I know that, listen, this is my burden. Someone's got to carry it. So I'll be the guy that does it, everybody. So don't worry. I'm oh, going to yeah. have beer Enjoy. and talk to you about it. That's what uh, I want to talk really quick about 
of course, Granola Brown Ale. This mm -hmm. beer won a gold medal. Talk about this beer. I'm having a sip of it right now. It's delicious. Yeah. So, I mean, Granola Brown was, uh, I mean, we started in 2014. The landscape at that time in the beer world was IPA, 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 IPA. So my father-in-law, uh, Steve Simonson, who's probably listening right now, he, uh, whenever I came to visit him, I was visiting my future father-in-law at that point. I mean, I was just dating my, 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 my now wife, but uh, I always used to bring him a case of uh, the old brown dog from Swinney Nose because it was his favorite beer that I made when I was living up in New Hampshire. Because you worked there and, as well, um, right? You were the head brewer at Swinney Nose? Yeah, right? so I was, I was head brewer at Portsmouth Brewery, which was a sister company at the Swinney Nose at the time. And then I worked at Swinney Nose for a little bit as a ship brewer as well. But I always used to bring, you know, I used to bring a case of the, you know, the 12-ounce long neck bottles from Swinney Nose down. And um, he really loved the brown ales. And it was, you know, it was really like kind of our connection point to us. And then uh, when Black Hog started, friends and family, we all ask all of our friends and family, like, hey, we're starting a business. Like, you know, we want to invest in our company. And, you know, all of our 100% like, friends and family with Black Hog got started up in the beginning, which is great. And um, Steve was one of our investors. I was like, don't worry, Steve, I'll make sure to make a brown ale for you. So in my mind, you know, IPA world, I was expecting one of our IPAs to become number, our number one seller. Um, but Granola Brown just took off. And it was just this oatmeal-based brown ale. It has both malted and flaked oats in there. Uh, we actually have now tweaked the recipe. We're actually using local flaked oats from uh, Thrall Malting here in Connecticut, oh, which is, cool. has really changed the beer and made it even better. But the using that oat, the oat malt as well as the flaked oats gives this beer this really luscious mouthfeel without it being cloyingly sweet. And it allowed me to play with other malts on the back end to kind of give some raisin notes and chocolate notes and coffee notes and have it just be this really like full bodied experience of a flavor profile, but still make it easy drinking. And that's kind of where I think how Granola Brown just did, did so well for us. It is a full bodied, beautiful brown ale, but you can drink it year round because it's not thick. It's not cloying. It's not going to hang on your palate forever. It's a delicious beer. It's one of my go-tos, you know, when I'm when I'm just hanging out at the house or having a beer on the back patio or making pizzas. I love it. I think it's delicious. A place I want to start, Tyler, and it's going to sound I, I don't want to sound layman or something like that, but I think we all you, you hear interviewers with different uh, interviews talked uh, with different brewers and things like that, and it almost assumes that everybody they kind of jump in in the middle of the interview. I feel like like no one ever just mm -hmm. says, "Let's talk about the process from the beginning to the end." Like in layman's terms, talk about the beer brewing process. Process. Where do you start? Where does it end? I mean, beer beer is a batch process. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's kind of like I mean, you know, COVID times. Everyone has tried to make bread. You can't walk into a bread recipe and be like, all right, I'm going to try to make this sourdough, like beautiful sourdough loaf, and then halfway through, like, never mind, I want to make this this uh, whole wheat loaf. You know, so it's like it's a batch process. You got to know what you're doing from the beginning to the end. So you basically have this this ratio of malts you're going to mix together. They're going to go through, um, excuse me, malts are a malted barley most of, most of the time. What are you reading my mind? Malted that's, that's, where I was, that's where I was going immediately. I'll talk about what a malt is first, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, so malted barley. So any cereal grain, cereal grains are barley, wheat, rye, oats. Uh, they can go through the malting process. So uh, this happens offsite. We don't do this in-house. There is a lot of malters uh, around the country or slash around the world that do this very well. And we buy pre-malted grain here at Black Hog Brewing. But the malting process is you take the seed of the barley or the wheat or the oat plant, and it goes through the malting process. So that seed gets steeped in hot water, which if you're, I mean, right around now, you're going to start germinating your seeds and getting ready for like planting for the spring. So basically you germinate these seeds. They're going to start their growth cycle, have this, the little root that comes out of the bottom of them. So that's step one is you germinate your seeds. 
But then you take these germinated seeds and they go into a kiln. And then the time, the, excuse me, the moisture content, along with the time and temperature that are within these kilns, is going to give this variation of different types of malts you're going to get. So if you um, kind of the, the, our base malt is uh, two row barley, which is the, the barley plant that grows in rows of two all the way up the stock, it has a much bigger plumper grain, has really great starch components. Uh, but that couldn't go in. And then basically they're going to go into the kiln nice and like a lower temperature and basically get all the water out of them and then they'll finish them off. So it's a really lightly roasted malt. And like that is just going to basically going to give you the uh, alpha and beta amylase that are created during the malting process to help the rest of the process go along. But you get into the whole slew of specialty malts where you get grains that go into that kiln at a much higher moisture content. The heat of the kiln is going to like crystallize some of the sugars that were created, making caramel malts. Um, you have other ones uh, like roasted barley itself goes straight into the kiln without having it gone through the malting process at all. So, I mean, there's just all these different layers of malts that the maltsters make for us that we're able to choose from. And we're able to blend all of these malts together to create this beautiful like malt bill. And the malt bill is kind of the base of what a beer is going to turn into is the okay. malt bill. Okay. And then also you have tons of different things that go in there as well. The different types of yeast that can make a difference. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, we're not even in the brew house yet. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So you got this different, like all these different type of malts. We're going to mill those in. Um, the mill itself is going to crack open these malts and expose all of these starches. This milled grain is going to get put into what's called a mash tun. Uh, the mash tun you can combine with hot water. That hot water is going to reactivate those enzymes that were created during the malting process. To be super technical, alpha and beta amylase are the two big enzymes that are working during the brewing process. Wow. And um, beta amylase is creating very fermentable sugars, and alpha amylase is creating unfermentable sugars. And this, there's a temperature range that you're shooting for within your mash tun to create those different sugars within that mashing process. But you, you, you mash in, you mix all this hot water and grain, milled grain together, and it's creating what's called the mash. And those enzymes go to work converting all the starch from whether you're, it's your barley, your wheat, your rye, your oats, going to convert those starches into sugars. Those sugars might be fermentable. Those sugars might be unfermentable. But then the sugar water solution at that point that has been extracted is called wort, W-O-R-T. Yeah. And that wort gets run off into the kettle. And at this point, you have this really, this beautiful growth media. It has like, uh, it has sugars, it has amino acids. It has just like, microbiological could grow in this growth media but that's why we boil it we make sure that we kill anything that might be in there we kill any sort of like weird bacteriums like the boiling process does sterilize the wort which is the most important process of the brewing that a lot of people don't understand because we want to make sure that downstream the only thing growing is that yeast that we're going to pitch later but the fact that we are using we're boiling that wort we have heat now that we can add hops to so hops get added into the boil and then Hops get extracted, whether they get extracted some bitterness or they get extracted the hop flavor oils or the hop aromatic oils, all depending within that boiling process when you're adding them. Then you have that boiling at this point called bittered wort that goes through a heat exchanger, gets cooled down so that we can pitch yeast on it. Because brewer, as brewer, I don't make beer. I make wort. I make sugar water. The yeast is actually what makes the beer. So I make this sugar water solution. I cool it down to a temperature profile that that yeast strain can use and actually convert into alcohol for me, put into a fermenter, add my yeast, and then I let it go. So the brewing process is eight hours. 
Fermentation wow. takes anywhere from two weeks to four weeks, depending on what you make. I tell you, it's it's amazing when you think about how much science is involved when it comes to doing this stuff. I mean, beer itself is a very scientific process, as you can hear. And you know, we're here on season. We're a big time science show. That's what we do. We're we're we're, we're big science show. <laughs> but awesome. it, it, amazing, what happens with this is is how much change that happens in there. I want to talk seasonality really quick, Tyler. Then I'm going to take a call if you don't mind, because the, the, the no, phone no, lines no. are lighting up. What makes a great winter beer? Are there different spices involved in that? And, you know, what kind of beers do people like now? Seasonality is uh, super important. I mean, you want to you want to be able to enjoy beer. I mean, it's winter. You want to sit by a fire. You want to sit by – like, it's cold outside. You want to sit inside by a fire and enjoy a beer. Uh, normally, for a winter beer, you want a darker beer that has more um, – not, not necessarily that all darker beers have more body or more, right. you know, mouthfeel to them, but, like, you want like it's more thick, luscious beer. A little bit and heavier. then usually you want a little higher ABV too. You want that higher alcohol because you want that warming sensation going on in the right, winter. Right. And then beyond that, yes, you can add the spices and different flavors and components beyond that too. But I mean, I think the true essence of a quote unquote winter beer would be that more mouthfeel, some sort of like darker roasted malt, and then a little higher ABV than you would want in the summer for sure. Nice. And of course, we're looking for everybody's shout outs here on season today. You can give us a call at 888-720-9677 or 888-720-WNPR. We're joined right now by head brewer and owner of uh, Blackhawk Brewing Company, Tyler Jones. Uh, let's talk to Ed here in Middletown. Ed, welcome to Seasoned. How's it going? Uh, I want to talk about my uh, favorite brewery, which is Forest City. It's a tiny little uh, brewery family owned. Uh, Chris Coughlin is the brewer. He makes terrific beer. Uh, he uh, the, the thing about Chris is that he's so concerned about quality that he's resisted the temptation to, to go out to contract bidding to get his great formulas made into uh, retail beer, you know, in the grocery stores. Right. Uh, and I, I think as a result, uh, his care for it shows up in the beer, and it's it's really terrific. Plus, it's a nice place to go have a beer uh, when it's open. <laughs> Excellent, Ed. I appreciate that. I'm going to check that place out. Tyler, you ever heard of those guys? Of course you have. You know everybody. Googling right now. I have the Forest City Brewers. We gotta check those guys out. We have to give them a Google and see where they're at. Hey, listen, if you're waiting on the phone line, hang in there just a little bit longer. We're gonna take a short break. I'm gonna get to you guys. Chris, Mike, I see you on hold. We're gonna get right there to you. On the other side of the break, we're gonna spend a few minutes with a brewer known as Lady Logger. Tyler, she's a friend of yours, right? I'm guessing she is. Uh, Alisa Bowens Mercado joins us uh, on the show to share a bit of her story, and we've got something special to celebrate too. I'm Chef Plum. You're listening to Seasoned, our live monthly call-in show right now. So give us a call. We're talking about brewery and brewing. We'll see you guys in a second. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Season. I'm Chef Plum, and if you're just joining us, Midasol Castro is out this week. Tyler Jones is the master brewer from Blackhawk Brewing Company in Oxford and New Haven. He's my guest for the hour, so don't worry. You're in really good hands. I want to jump to a call really quick before we bring our next guest on. I've got Chris from New from West Haven. Chris, you want to talk about Two Roads? What you got for us? Yeah, I was calling because um, uh, my favorite beer, Two Roads, made a black IPA a few years ago. I remember that. That was an amazing balance between the, the hoppiness of the IPAs and, and the malts of the nut brown ales and those. Yeah, that was and a great beer. And I was very beer. disappointed that that was fantastic. I think that was my favorite beer ever. And 
I used to swing by two roads every once in a while to complain. They actually came out with it last year, but for some reason they didn't share it with the liquor stores. You had to drive down to get it. Well, we got you know what we should do we should start a whole uh, 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 maybe get some signatures and get those over to them and get that beer remade. That's for sure. Tyler, did you ever have that one? No, I mean the Black Eye Bay as a style is amazing. There was a select few, myself included, that really enjoy that style. But the caller mentioned like distribution. I mean, yeah, going to distribution is really hard with a Black IPA right now. But the beer is gorgeous. I mean, if you think about it, back when it first came out, it was a you know, the, the West Coast people try to claim it as their own, as the Cascadian Dark Ale. Yeah. But it was really invented by, like, Greg Noonan out in Vermont, at Vermont Pub and Brewery, before, you know, rest in peace, before he passed away. But, yeah, I, I love the style. Um, I mean, with the, the hazy IPA landscape we're in right now, getting a black IPA out to distribution, I can see why they didn't do that and made them drive to you. But now you're saying it, I would love to make one here at Black Eye Brewing Company, too. <laughs> hey, there we go. That sounds like a, a plan, right? That's what we should do. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, you guys can give us a call, too, at 888-720-WNPR or 888-888-720-9677. Talk about your favorites. You know, tell us what beers you like, what breweries you're into. Uh, we're going to get to a bunch of phone calls here in just a second. But right now, I want to spend a few minutes uh, celebrating a pioneer in the Connecticut brewing world. Uh, Elisa Bowens Mercado is the state's first black female craft brewer. She's the owner of Rhythm Brewing in New Haven. Uh, and plus, listen, today's a very special day. It's her birthday. Elisa, welcome to season. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I turned 21 again. Yay! 21. <laughs> Yay. Hey, here's the good news. It's great you can you can make beer now and you can taste it. That's good news. <laughs> exactly. It's so it's I'm excited to be joining you here today. So thank you for the invitation. 100%. I'm excited to meet you and talk about your story a little bit. You started Rhythm Brewing back in 2018 and you're you're crazy busy. Your phone hasn't stopped, right? You know what? We, we've had such success uh, with the brand and the beards. You know, people have really rallied behind uh, us because we did a couple of things different coming into the, the beer space. We started making lagers. No one was making really like, you know, talking or making craft lagers. We were very adamant about that because um, I personally I'm lady lager because I love lagers. But but Lady Lager is your nickname, you, by the way. We're going to talk about that as well. But that's that's kind of your <laughs> you're, you're affectionately known as Lady Lager, which, by the way, is a fantastic nickname. My nickname is Plum. It's a fruit. If I could have picked my own, it wouldn't have been, it would have been something cooler. <laughs> but you got Lady Lager. Thank you. Yeah, I did get Lady. And I don't complain about that. I love that. I go to beer festivals, and I'll hear Lady Lager being screamed from, like, across the, the way. And so it's I, awesome. I, I, I so appreciate it. Um, but, you know, this it's been a an amazing journey. We've been doing this for about two and a half years and we just wanted to change up the industry. We wanted to, you know, diversify it, you know, inclusion. We want more uh, women brewing. We want more people of color uh, brewing. And my whole thing was, I'll be very honest with you. If I was going to consume something, I want to own it. So yeah. I just said, let me, you know, just get throwing my hat in the ring to, for this. And let's just start cranking out some, you know, lagers in the midst of all of these IPAs that are uh, out here. Well, I want to tell you, because I just tasted this delicious Rhythm Brewing unfiltered lager. It's a delicious beer. It, it's Thank amazing. You. What made you start with doing a lager? 
my grandmothers were both beer drinkers, God rest their souls. And they, um, they used to drink the little ponies of uh, Miller High Life. I don't know if you remember those little bo- bottles, glass bottles. Of course bottles. I remember that. Listen, oh, bless your heart. <laughs> I'm so glad. Listen, I'm a chef. I remember all of those. Trust me. Th- those were, uh, yeah. are you kidding me? The champagne of beers. The champagne of beers. And so I was like, my grandmothers are like rock stars. I'm like, you know, they're they're beer drinkers. And so f- I'm paying homage to them because it was like fast forward. I would go to all of these beer festivals like on my downtime uh, from my salsa dancing. And I'd be like at these beer festivals and no one really had a lager. I will be very honest with you. And this is a funny story. One day I'm uh, we're at Cape Cod at a beer fest and I looked over at my husband and I go, do you think they have like a Bud Light here? And he goes, you can't say that here. <laughs> and <laughs> and I just, and, and so on the ride home, he said I was very quiet, which you could probably tell I'm never quiet. And he goes, what is the matter? And I go, I'm going to make my own beer. And that was about six years ago and game over. I just literally right. started researching the industry. So that's why I started making lagers because I knew that there was a need in New England for a classic craft blogger but with flavor it is delicious and i'm enjoying a little bit of it now but when it comes to making these beers do you have a flavor profile that you looked for or is there something like are you basing it off of kind of what those beers were when you were a kid yeah you know a combination of both i have been so fortunate uh to have some of the best in the industry and tyler from blackhawk has been a great mentor Uh, but i had pilot batches made when I first started. So, you know, I was with uh, Armada out in Woolkit for, for a bit. So I told them what I wanted. I said, I want a lager that's not watered down because lagers get a bad rap. I right. don't care what anybody says. The craft beer people are like, ugh, I'm not drinking a lager. And I'm like, but if you make a really good lager and you, re- you know, design the recipe well, then your your goal, you're good to go. But it does, a lager does not have to be watered down. So that's why we decided let's do an unfiltered lager. Let's keep the goodness in. And, and then I go to black hog and we contract brew and it's just amazing to get creative with their team and, you know, pump out something that again, the awesome. industry really hadn't seen. Well, very cool. And with today being your birthday, I want you to hear this right now. Ready? Listen to this, Lisa. You hear that right there? I just popped uh-huh. the top on a uh, Rhythm BGM Vanilla Porter. I'm very excited to taste this beverage. Talk about this beer being your birthday beer, and the can art is outstanding. This is is a, a beautiful can. Thank you. The purple, of course, it's February. It's, you know, amethyst. It's bur- my birthday color. Uh, BGM, it's birthday girl magic. But, you Love know, it's it. a play on words. It's like black girl magic. It is a vanilla porter. I had this recipe tucked away in one of my magazines. It was in a magazine. And so I brought it to uh, Tyler and, you know, the guys and just said, listen, let's do this. But the flavor profile, it's just, you know, the, the vanilla just completely shines through on the back. And as you're, you're wow. sipping it right now. It sure does. How about that? This is delicious. Yeah. You know, it is delicious. I think of Porter's as being a little heavier. This isn't heavy at all. This is nice. And you know what? That was, that's, that, that's what we were going for. We did not want, we didn't want the vanilla to be overpowered. So I, I love it. It's a really good Porter. It is. It's, it's a very smooth porter. It's, you know, it's it's light enough, but it's got that flavor profile that everybody, your palate wants. It's delicious. It's, and you're doing a big release for this tonight at Black Hog. Um, so yes. get over there, check it out. It's going to be amazing. 
Happy birthday to you, by the way, and thank you. It's so such a pleasure to meet you. I just followed you on Instagram. I can't wait to uh, uh, oh, have a few awesome. more beers of this. This is delicious. Uh, Lisa, thank you're you. awesome. We appreciate you. Happy birthday. Thank you. We'll I talk appreciate to you on down it. The road. Okay. There she goes. And you guys can call in, too. The number is 888-720-WNPR. That's 888-720-9677. Tell us your favorite beers, your favorite breweries. You know, just what are you drinking right now? We'd love to hear all about those things. Give us a shout. Let us know. Uh, Let's take a quick call really quick, Tyler, before we jump back into a couple more things. I've got uh, Jeff calling in right now. Jeff from Hamden, how are you? Yeah, so I am, um, I'm a longtime home brewer. I'm a professor at Sacred Heart University in biology, and I'm also the director of our new brewing science program at Sacred Heart. And I thought your listeners might be interested to hear a little bit about that program. This sounds incredible. Like I said, big time science show. That's what we've got right now. Yeah, and I love that yes. you started out talking to Tyler about um, you know, it being an art and a science, because um, I really believe that. I mean, we teach the science. But to me, the science is just kind of the tools and the parameters within you, which you have to work in order to create something beautiful, right? For sure. So I'm a biologist, but also a musician. So I really love the science that's in brewing. Just to say a little bit about our program. Oh, and first, I wanted to say hi to my friends, Lady Lager and Lord of the Liquid. Hey, Tyler. Good to see you, Jeff. Hi, Lisa. Happy birthday, Lisa. There you go. Everyone has to have um, a cool nickname. Mine's mine only plum. That's terrible. I, I don't even <laughs> have one. I don't, I don't know. Oh, it was probably um, anyhow, pro- professor, professor Hop. That's a good one. I'll, I'll take it. Um, so uh, our program just started last year, and so we're going to graduate our first cohort of students um, in May, and then we start a new one in May. It's a one-year program. It's 22 credits, and it's designed to work around a working schedule. So it's it's kind of part time. So like I said, 22 credits over three semesters. You learn about the business of brewing, you learn about the science, um, you learn a bunch of recipes, um, you get to do an internship at a local brewery. We work, you know, we can work outside of the state too if we pull people in from outside the state. Uh, we have an intern working with Tyler right now at Black Hog, and we have an intern working yeah. with Lisa Rhythm. Merle's actually here today. He just was able to see a kettle sour going on, um, and he's actually cleaning a tank right now, so we're doing great. Man, how about that? Awesome. How about that? Well, Jeff, this is an amazing program. People should definitely check this out. Where can they find more information on this program at? Yeah, you can find it uh, at sacredheart.edu slash brewing science. I love it. Yeah, and I also wanted to mention that, you know, I worked with Elisa on this committee where we're trying to fund uh, an endowed scholarship for African-American brewers to come to our program. Very cool. Um, and you can find more info about that at sacredheart.edu slash blackbrewers. Wow, how about that? Jeff, thank you very much for calling in and giving us that information. We really appreciate that. I love that there's programs like that out there. That's amazing. And honestly, Tyler, to be involved in that, who would have thought that's where we're at now? I just never would have thought, you know, back in the day when you would drink the old Miller Lite or whatever, that now, I mean, there's a program at a college that with, with interns. That's incredible. For sure. I mean, like, I, I went to brewing school in 2006. So, like, I was graduated University of New Hampshire Chemical Engineering. And then I wanted to get in the beer world and I just started researching all of the websites out there and seeing like all of these people that had like brewing education from at that point, the two places in the country were uh, UC Davis or Siebel. So I like did some research. I ended up going out to UC Davis and got my master brew certificate out from them. Wow. But since then there is like, it has exploded and there's so many, there's, there's now four year, four year degrees in brewing science. And then places like Sacred Heart is able to have, this really great intensive program that is able, you're able to learn the brewing science behind the scenes 
and still work your day job if you want to follow your dream and become a brewer. So it's just uh, the the brewing education kind of has exploded along with the brewing uh, craze. You know, I don't want to call it a craze. The brewing, like the brewing experience, the people that are making great beer. And I mean, that's something where it's, I mean, there was a big pop in the 90s where a lot of people were like, where they, they saw that Sierra Nevada and yeah, I remember. Um, they were like making like beer and like, like oh, I can make beer. I remember Magic Hat being like a big thing. Like that yeah, was a Magic big deal. Hat, you yeah. know, there was all these breweries Saranac. that opened up and there was like this big pop of like breweries. But there were so many of those people who focused on trying to make widgets to make money right. versus making quality beer. Right, right. You know, so like I feel like that's why that first pop of like the craft brewing industry like really fizzled. But yeah. now this next, this next, like what we're in right now, everyone who has been opening new breweries over the last six, seven, eight, nine years at this point, they're really focused on the quality of the liquid. And I mean, that's the number one focus. I think of every brewer right now, it should be make the best quality liquid you possibly can. 100%. And, and it'll sell itself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's what it really comes down to. And there's some great beers in our state. I mean, Tyler, I think it says a hundred and how many brewers now? 112? 125 I, think? I don't know i have what? to I have to talk to the the ct brewers guild they get the exact number i know there was there was 12 or 14 or so in planning as of last year that i don't know if wow. they opened yet but yeah we're 120 125 ish right now unbelievable 120 Crazy, yeah. some brewers in our state if you want to shout out uh some brewers in our state give us a give us a call here 888-720-WNPR 888-720-9677 and we can even talk about some of the women you know making great beer in the state uh, listen, and to start, I'll start that off. Uh, Joy Braddock from Hog River Brewing in Hartford, and Christina Sire of uh, Brewery Legitimus. 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 Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Legitimus. Legitimus. There we go. Yeah. I, don't, I couldn't get it out. But uh, in New, New Hartford, right. we see you, which is pretty, pretty cool. We're excited. Uh, let's talk to uh, Lisa here. She's in Middletown. Lisa, how are you? Welcome to Seasoned. Hey, I just wanted to echo the caller who called in about Forest City in Middletown. Um, they're amazing, and my wife in particular loves their Stargazer IPA, and um, their fresh blend cider is so good, I can't drink any other ciders anymore. Oh, they man. Spoiled, they spoiled me for ciders. Lisa, thank you for the tip. That's incredible. Tyler, it sounds like we got to jump on the board here, man. Yeah, I mean, Stargazer, I mean, they're making some good stuff for sure. Um, cider wise, I didn't, I didn't know that four city was making cider. I mean, the cider I drink mostly is all from, uh, uh, my hometown of Wallingford. You get the, the Connecticut, the Connecticut cider company there that's making some really great cider. But yeah, I mean, I honestly, I got, apparently I had to go try four city cause I haven't tried any of, the, any of their liquid yet, which I'm like, super excited to try. Mike from Somers, go ahead. Mike, you with us? Hey, thanks for having me on. There he is. Yeah, I'm here. I just want to shout out uh, my favorite brewery in East Windsor, which is Problem Solved Brewing Company. Okay. Uh, they're just a great bunch of guys there. Um, I like them because they always have a wide variety of stuff on. You know, we were talking about, like, the, you know, the IPA train earlier. You know, they certainly do have their IPAs, but they have a great variety of sours. Um, right now they've got a black lager on. It's, like, my favorite beer they've ever made. I just love that place. That's fantastic. i gotta, I got to check those guys out. I haven't checked them out yet. Have you ever heard of those guys or tried any of their stuff, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, I I have heard of them. I mean, I have I have two children at home, so it's hard for me to get out and about. Heard that, and, uh, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. But no, they they um, I've I've heard of I have heard of them, which is great. I haven't tried their beer yet. All right, excellent. We got a couple minutes here before break. Let's jump to Matt in Newtown. Matt, welcome to season. What you got for us? Hey, how's it going? 
I was interested to hear that Elisa from uh, Blackhawk was interested in making something besides an IPA. And I, I'm kind of in the minority. I don't really like IPAs. To me, it's almost like it almost tastes like off bug spray. Oh. And I was wondering if it's like, you know, some people hate cilantro. You know, any IPA I drink, that's what it tastes like to me. Interesting. You know, there are other people like me out there. Interesting, interesting comment. Uh, Elisa's from uh, Rhythm Brewing, actually. She's different. She's partnering up with the guys over at Black Hog. But, you know, that, that's an interesting thought. And I, I, like to, I wouldn't mind talking about that a little, back, a little bit when we get back from break here, Tyler, because I have thoughts on IPAs as well. How about you? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's a slew of different IPAs. IPA is, just stands for India Pale Ale. Yeah. Like the different characteristics that were within IPAs. Are you talking like a classic West Coast? You're talking about the new school East Coast IPAs? Well, there's a whole lot the there. Style IPAs or the CT IPAs. I mean, there's a whole slew of different things to get into with an IPA. So I am excited to talk about IPAs after the break. Well, there's a whole lot there to unpack. That's for sure. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, if you have a beer or food pairing question, you want to ask Tyler, 888-727-9677 or 888-720-WNPR. When we get back, it's going to be phone calls, food, and beer. I'm Chef Plum. We'll be right back. Stay right there. Welcome back to Season. I'm Chef Plum, and today I am flying solo, at least in the hosting booth. Marisol will be back next week. She's taking care of some business that she had to handle for work. Tyler Jones is my guest for the hour. He is the master brewer at Black Hog Brewing in Oxford and New Haven, which means uh, he's beside, behind some of the best beer in the state. You can talk to him right now if you like. Call 888-720-9677 or 888-720-WNPR. Listen, Tyler, i got to tell you, before the break, we were talking a little bit about IPAs. And I want you to hear what I'm about to do right now. This is this is it. Ready? There we go. I right, just ooh, I just opened ooh, like a good snap. Okay, how about that? I just opened a hazy ale from Blackhawk. I want to talk about it because IPAs and me, not always best friends. Yeah, I mean IPA as a style is uh, you want to go way back where it was invented. Basically, the IPA stands for India Pale Ale. Right. So when the English were invading uh, India back in the day, they had to make these beer that would survive the trip from England all the way Cape, Cape Horn all the way into India. So they added a little higher ABV. They added hops, which are a preservative to like make this like their traditional, like at that point, English beer was this low ABV pub ales, you know, like low ABV, not very hop forward. Right, right. Um, just easy drinking beers. So they added these over the top hops and then a little higher ABV and that preserved these beers that would make the trip all the way to India. You know, then India, then they started colonizing it well enough. They started making breweries in India. And then all the sailors were like, hey, this beer was great. All these hops are great. Let's add a little bit of extra. So, I mean, the traditional English style IPA kind of was invented because of that. Us as Americans took that traditional English style IPA and made it quote unquote extreme. We're over the top, dry hopping, cooled, whirlpooled, um, and making this what, um, what's like kind of the traditional like, West Coast IPA was, was like trying to get the most IBUs, the international bittering units. I can get a big soapbox about that in a minute, but we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, as many IBUs as you could get within a beer, which quote unquote was how many hops you could jam into a beer and make this over the top crazy IPA that was super bitter, yeah. was super hot forward, was super aromatic. I, um, I felt like for a little bit of time there, Tyler, we were just trying to see how bitter we could make a beer. Yeah, and, and bitterness is such a 
the truth, like the God honest truth is like everyone talks about like how many IBUs are in your beer. Like an IBU is taking a sample of beer, diluting it by a factor of 10, putting in a mass spectrometer at 460 nanometers. And how much it refracts is how many IBUs. Who, the, who cares? Like the IBUs <laughs> don't matter. Like it's it, the IBUs are something as a brewer you want to be able to know so that you can then re replicate that beer year to year because every year you're using different hops that have different alpha acid components and then those different percentages of alpha acids depending on how much your boil is going to create different ice so it's a it basically ibus are good for the brewer to be able to recreate that beer consistently year to year to year with different crop years of hops i love what the fact that actually, on this program we just said nanometers like that makes me so happy nanometers yes <laughs> so the thing is is that what people taste isn't IBUs. What people taste is perceived bitterness. And a perceived bitterness has a lot of other factors that come to it. The only way to really get like an actual perceived bitterness scale within a beer is you have a trained tasting panel who have like been trained in all the off flavors within beer, have been trained with what beers taste with, and they do what's called the spiderweb graph. And then you have this beautiful graph and then you can combine all together and get like a perceived bitterness of the beer. So like how bitter a beer tastes has a factor of like how much residual unfermentable sugars left in the beer, how much bodies in that beer. And that's something where like the new England style IPA really went off and really created this, this own subset of IPA where they were adding a ton of hops. They were adding a lot of them post fermentation. The basically the bitter flavor of a beer officially is that I summarized alpha acids. Alpha acids component of the hops. The heat isomerizes changes the chemical structure and an isomerized alpha acid tastes bitter. So that's where you get in bitterness is the heat adding into the oil of that hop component. But if you add hops into late within the boil and or within the fermenter, you're using the, the heat of the boil and or the alcohol of the beer to extract the hop flavor and the hop aromatic oils. So you're going to get this really great hop aromatic, this really great hop flavor. There's no bitterness there. Yeah. Like there's officially no bitterness on the palate that are created chemically doing that process. So you're able to add this tons and tons and tons of hops without adding bitterness. And then the New England style IPA went to the extreme again beyond that, adding flaked oats and flaked wheats and lactose in some cases and creating this really luscious, soft mouthfeel to then counterbalance all these hot flavors. So then they created this new style. It's a New England style IPA, this this hazy IPA. And then hazy itself, which you're drinking, kind of Connecticut has its own little subsection of the New England style IPA in, in my mind, where it, it is it is hazy, it's low IBUs, it's low bitterness. There's no bitterness to that beer. There's none in this um, beer. It's, it's delicious, it's smooth, no. it's easy. I mean, at least in my opinion. I mean, maybe a little bit of bitterness, I guess, but it's not overpowering. I got a question for you coming from Southbury from uh, yeah, a, go ahead. a friend named Juice. Juice, uh, welcome to season. What you got for Tyler? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can. Hey, Tyler, uh, big fan of your barley wine and your uh, Leaves of Mark stout. And, thank you, and, thank and you. Yeah, just a um, quick question. Is there any plans to do some double IPAs with maybe some Big Secret or some Galaxy Hops in 2021? Um, yes. I mean, right now in the tank, uh, as of two days ago, I just put in the Rainbow Gravy, which is our uh, our double IPA uh, with Galaxy Hops that we added uh, Fruity Pebbles to. <laughs> you know, so it's a 
Wait, it's did you say Fruity Pebbles? Those... Like the cereal Fruity oh, Pebbles? The cereal. Yeah, for sure. We <laughs> added Fruity Pebbles to that. So, I mean, we got a Galaxy Double IPA called uh, Rainbow Gravy coming out very shortly. Um, but I, I love I love to say – I love to hear that you, you love the barley wine, the Bacchanalian barley wine. Like, that is – that's my opus. Like, that is that is the, the nice. perfect blend of hops and malt and yeast all together to create this – 11 and a half, 12% beer that drinks like it's 4%. And it's just, oh, yeah, but that's, but I mean, that's one of those things where it's like making that not going to sell in distribution, which is sad. There's not a lot that like the, the amount of people that want to buy that beer is small. So you have to make that in smaller quantities and have it being tasting or rolling to be able to sell it. And that's kind of where, I mean, I, I said earlier in the program, I mean, you know, brewing is 50% art and 50% science. Since now I own a brewery, it's like 50% art, 50% science, and 50% business. And yeah. now we're up to 50% somehow, 150%. So it's like, <laughs> it's like depending which hat you're wearing and what's going on and stuff like that. So, I mean, the Bacchanalian Barley Wine literally is like, that was the fir- my first professional recipe ever. Wow. How was, the bar- was a barley wine at Portsmouth Brewery when I was able to design it myself. And it's one of those recipes that you are, you can only make once a year. Because well, it takes that long to sell out. And, like, you have a full year to think about it and tweak it and then makes the next batch. So, I've been wor- like, that recipe I've been, I was working on for over a decade before Black Owl even started. And, um, but now I haven't made it in two years. I need to make it again. Sounds like it. It's got, it's got, it's got sure. fans. So, it sounds like you should make no, it again for let's sure. Do it. Let's Absolutely. Do it. Uh, Rory and Hartford, what you got for us? Hey, hey, Tyler. Hey it's Rory from Small State Great Beer. Um, just hey, like, how are you? Happy to hear you. Good. Um, yeah, so, like, we have a beer festival that we run in downtown Hartford, and it's so strange, you know, to be living through this time and to not be able to gather the beer community, but just wanted to say hi and, um, you know, loving the fact that we live in such a small state where we can visit multiple breweries on a weekend and, you know, celebrate the community and hoping to be able to have the festival, you know, at some point soon. I am so excited for beer festivals to come back. I mean, that you is me like, both. I mean, there's so much fun to be able to like go to, go to a festival. Like, I mean, if you've never been to small state, great beer, if we go to that, I mean, the next time we have it, hopefully this year, but it's just like, you're able to just go around and try a whole bunch of different beers from a whole bunch of different breweries in the state. And oh, it's just, you get to experience what's going on within, within your state and really experience what people are making. And it's just, I get a lot of great ideas when I go to beer festivals, so Absolutely. I'm excited for the next one for sure. They are so fun, and that one sounds great. Tyler, I want to get a quick like uh, a speed round with you here because I have a couple of questions I want to get in. We've got a few minutes left in the show, so we're okay. going to go speed round, okay? Let's talk, let's talk about why brewers cringe when they see orange slices in people's beer. Uh, NFL, baby. Um, so orange – so brewing beer with fruit is great. I mean, in fermentation, you ferment it out, whatever. If you're actually adding an orange slice on the side of your glass, the oils from that oil, I mean, the oils from that orange or that fruit or that lemon or whatever you're adding are actually getting to your beer and killing your head retention of your beer. And brewers spend a lot of time creating this beautiful liquid that has a really protein content. And then the, hopefully the bar slash bartenders have these beautiful glasses that will hold this beautiful head on your beer. And the head on the beer is going to create all this aromatic within the, while you're drinking it, much better like drinking experience while you're drinking your beer the second you throw that slice of fruit on the side of it all the oils of that fruit get in there kill all your head retention you have this flat boring beer and it's just gross it it changes the beer it destroys it for sure hey nfl 
no effing lemon is kind of what I say when I enter, you know, any sort of beer. NFL. I love it. I NFL. Love it. Hey, listen, if you guys couldn't get through today, I promise you we're going to do another beer show here in the future. Connecticut beers are definitely becoming a thing. We gave an ask on the Instagram to find out about what brewery shout outs you guys would like. And uh, some of the responses, we've got five churches. Uh, of course, Blackhawk got tons. Uh, Nebco, No Worries, Back East, Thomas Hooker, Front Porch, uh, Hoax, Little Brewing, Fat Orange Cat. And then for winter brews, you like wheat or chocolate-covered strawberry. Not sure, I've never had that one. Uh, Allagash beers, Hog River Brews, uh, Back East Winterfest. That is a great beer itself. And then, of course, for creative beer names, you liked All the Cats Are Gray in the Dark, Brewport and Bridgeport. That's a great spot, too. Love that place. And, of course, the Imperial Stout Trooper, uh, another great beer right there. I like that one a lot. Tyler, listen, i got to tell you, man, you guys have just watching you grow and seeing what's happened with Black Hog has been really, really inspiring. Uh, I love to see where the Connecticut beer community has, has what it's become. And I had no idea there was 120-some brewers now. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, we got about a minute left here with you. Aspiring brewers, what would you tell them? I would tell them, go work somewhere for free. <laughs> like, go work there. Like, literally show up every day. Learn the process. It's Brewing needs to be a passion. You need to learn it from someone. You need to know what's going on. And it's a trade. you got to learn from a master and then be able to process that through it. For sure. Yeah, 100%. I think you're absolutely right. Working for free sometimes means you'll learn more because you take more uh, home with you because you're not getting paid for it. But listen, that's what a lot of chefs do in the culinary world as well. You go and you work for free. It's called a stage. It's not a weird thing to have happen, that's for sure. Hey, before we get out of here, I want everyone to know uh, Blackhawks Tap Room officially opens up to customers again tonight with all the COVID safety measures in place. So don't worry about that, but make sure you wear a mask. Uh, it's table service is only going to be 50% capacity indoors with lots of extra tables and heaters outside. And it's beautiful outside. So you got to get out there and check it out. If you go, uh, our friend, Alisa, who we met today, will be there talking and celebrating this beautiful vanilla porter, which is delicious by the way, Tyler. Uh, she's going to be out there. Thank go you. hang out with her. Go say hi to her. Talk to her. Go say, Hey to Tyler. I know he's heading over there. You're probably already there now, aren't you? I'm here right now. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> He's already there. Make sure you give him a shout. Go say what's up to him. Holler at him. Uh, try, if you haven't done so yet, and I'm telling you, this might be my new favorite beer, the Hog Lager. This beer is one of the most flavorful lagers I've ever tasted in my life. So get out there and taste it. Hey, go say hi to Tyler. Some thanks for all the beer knowledge that he dropped on us today, for sure. I mean, say what's up to him. Taste this porter. Uh, get out there, Black Hog Brewing Company, and, and I tell you what, Tyler, we can't appreciate you more. We, we thank you for coming on and taking the time with us today. Great, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll be on again soon. I look forward to it. Also, a big shout-out and thanks to uh, our new friend, uh, Elisa Boas Mercado of Rhythm Brewing Company in New Haven. Keep making Connecticut an excellent place to find interesting beers to drink, and happy birthday to you as well. Hey, visit this uh, week's show on ctpublic.org season for all the beers we talked about in breweries, and of course, Season is produced by Robin Doyen Aiken and Katie Talarski. Thanks to Kay, uh, Carmen Baskoff for handling the phones, Meg Fitzgerald, and Courtney Dorso for handling the social media. And of course, thanks to you guys. We'll see you next week.